This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. What's happening, friends? Welcome to episode 287 We'll talk to Nico Moon on going from uh, number one songwriter to his first number one as an artist because he had written a bunch of other number ones. Uh, also, a surprise appearance by his wife in the interview. That was fantastic, didn't you, Mike? It was awesome. That guy, when you see him, he's covered in tattoos, but there's something about him that is an extremely positive vibe. Very welcoming. Yeah, you just want to hug him. You're like, I'll take COVID. Give me a <laughs> hug. Uh, but he's, he stopped by. It's great. It's coming up in a little bit. Let's do the top five songs or projects that I'm pumped about this week. I think at number five, I'm going to do Nick Jonas, and here's why. Nick Jonas has a new song out called Selfish, but it's Nick Jonas featuring the Jonas Brothers. I don't know. Here it is. They just don't want to hold that for the Jonas Brothers? I guess not. They want to put on a Jonas Brothers song on a Nick Jonas album? Technically featuring himself. Yeah, true. I just admire he did that, so yeah. I put that at number five. At number four, Harper Gray has a new song called Still Your Mother. I still feel like you're all mine. Wonder what you'd be like, cause even though we never got to hold each other. At number three, new country artist Morgan Wade has a new album called Reckless. Here's a new song called Wilder Days. Number two, Justin Bieber's put out a new album called Justice. Here's a new song from the Biebs called Peaches. I got my peaches out in Georgia. Oh, yeah, shit. I get my weed from California. That's that. I took my chick up to the north, yeah. I get my 
straight from the source, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I see you. And number one, Dustin Lynch has a new song out with Mackenzie Porter. Now, if you know this song, it's from his record, Lauren Elena is on it, but they had to re-record it to put it out to radio with someone other than Lauren because Lauren's already on a duet with John Party, and her record label was like, hey, you can't have two duets out at the same time. What if I want to put something out with you too? So here is Dustin Lynch and Mackenzie Porter doing Thinking About You. Thinking about that weekend out on Cumberland Lake And that one time in Baton Rouge will be made out in the rain Where we went chasing foreign stars On a hill at your daddy's farm Don't be sorry for counting me up right out of the blue I was just thinking about you We had them in the studio on Friday's Bobby Bones show And, you know, they performed I hadn't met her ever but she came in, and first of all, really good. She got that spot in a blind audition, apparently, where he just had a bunch of people singing, mm-hmm. didn't know their names, listened to them, picked her. There was something else about her performance I was going to bring up just now. She's also an actress. She was in a Netflix show that Amy knew. What else was I going to say? Her brother won Canadian Idol. I forget. I don't know. She's good, huh? <laughs> yeah, she was really good. Yeah, she's, oh, she Oh, yeah, I know what it was. She is the number one Canadian country music artist. Most played, yeah. Most played in 2020. And so now she's living in Nashville, trying to make it you know, on the big stage. But uh, yeah, it's a big deal. Good for her. Uh, more new songs out. Honorable mention, I'll play you this clip from Gary Lavox. He put out a new song called The Distance. He is the lead singer of Rascal Flats. This is the first track off his solo Christian project. Asher Monroe has a new song out called Till It Breaks. Kanan Smith has a new song called Sweet Virginia. Uh, Breland released a new version of his song, Cross Country. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, Gabby Barrett released Live from the Goldmine EP. What's that? It's from her live stream. She just took it in and put it as a live album. Okay. Yeah. I was like, because I didn't know she's putting out new stuff, but it's music from her live stream. Yep. Midland put out The Sonic Ranch. Is that an album? I think it's a documentary, the soundtrack of it. Okay. Chris Cornell, no one sings like you do anymore. Um, it was this. He's not alive anymore, Mm-mm. so he didn't just record this. What's the still? What's the deal with this? I think they're just re-releasing it now, as a hard copy because mm-hmm. it was only released digitally. Yeah, that makes sense. Lana Del Rey, Loretta Lynn, Paul Stanley, Soul Nation, Paul Stanley from Kiss, Ringo Starr, Sting has a duets record, and the lead singer of System of a Down. His name is Serge. He has one called Elasticity. Do you ever like them? I like them a lot, yeah. Great workout music. I never quite got into System of a Really? Hey, let me bring Eddie on. He's sitting over there. Did you ever like System of a Down? I love them. I love it because it's so spastic. Like it's, it's such a different. Again, man, I love different, and it's so different than all the other metal you hear out there. I love, it. and then he, and then he goes from to to. Yes, beautiful, extremely distinct, and that's the goal. I just. I just never got into it. Dude, I love it. I saw him play once, solo guy in in uh, South by Southwest, him and a piano. It was beautiful. I imagine he's pretty fantastic. So good. I mean, listen to this part of it. So this is beauty. Angels deserve to 
And it gives metalheads a reason to like slow melodic yeah. piano music because he definitely takes it out there. Hey, what do you think about Garth Brooks revisiting Chris Gaines, Eddie? I don't like it. I, I didn't don't? like. I didn't like Chris Gaines. I'm one of. I don't know if I'm many. One of many or many of one of few. I didn't like it at the beginning. I was a huge Garth Garth fan, and I didn't get it, and I still don't really get it, even because it didn't happen. So I, I just don't. I don't I'm, I'll never get into it. He had created a movie character. And this was the music, and he was an Australian singer, pop singer, right? Mm -hmm. And he'd been in a car wreck. Is that a, isn't that part of it? Is too? that what it was? I think so. He'd been in an accident, or at least an accident. And so it was his life story. But they never made the, the movie, movie. Never came about, but they put the music out. I thought the music was fantastic. Did you? Yeah. But the problem was Garth had to explain it all the time. And if you have like to you just did, how many years later? If you have to explain something, like he did SNL as both, and he's kind of explaining it, or nobody knows who it is. It's hard. Yeah. Um, but here is Garth talking about it on Inside Studio G. When it comes to Chris Gaines, I can't tell you anything except you're going to have it in every format you can possibly imagine. It's coming. Uh -oh. Even Whoa. in vinyl. Okay. And Autumn, you're going to have Chris Gaines stuff nobody's ever heard before either. It's all coming. So, But the Chris Gaines thing, you just got to handle it with kid gloves and put it together. But it's coming. I, I love that project. And uh, so I'm excited that there's, I don't even know how to say it. I'm just excited. Me too. I was the only one that liked it back in the day. <laughs> All my friends were like, why does he have blue hair? This is stupid. Why did Garth dye his hair blue? I was like, it's not Garth. That's Chris Gaines. <laughs> Don't get it mixed up. He's playing a character. They were like, well, explain it to me. And I was like, God. <laughs> Chris Stapleton has rescheduled the first dates of All-American Roadshow. Just made a few adjustments. He will not be heading out next month as planned, but he will still be going out. Listen, shows are going to happen. Brace yourself, friends. July... It's kind of party on. You'll start to see stuff now. I saw Brandy Carlisle doing a show for just people that are vaccinated. Pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Do you see that? She yeah. was like, oh, we're going to take some people that are vaccinated. Let's have a show. I like, like that idea. I was like, that's sweet. I'll go to that. Uh, Bonnaroo won't be happening until September. But in the meantime, they're doing three socially distanced pod style shows. Billy Strings, May 28th. John Party, May 29th. The Avet Brothers doing three separate shows on July 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. The Avet Brothers, Eddie. Ever get into them? Yeah, for sure. I think I had a moment with them. And I still like, if they come on, I like the Avet Brothers. I don't pursue Avet Brothers for some reason. I like their music. And anytime I hear them, like I say on a commercial or something, I'm like, I know it's them. Mm -hmm. But they, they did a documentary a few years back and I tried to watch it. And it was a little too serious for me. Like they, they took themselves very serious. There was a moment that I caught in the documentary where like they were in the middle of the session and they were just not feeling it, and one of them had to run out, and they all had to check on him outside, and he said, I'm just not, it's too emotional right now, and they talked about it, and then they went in, and it's like, what is happening? Like, I didn't get it, and it was just a little too much for me, so personally, never really get it, got into the Avett Brothers, but musically, I like their sound, I like how they, I like their music. I like their sound, too. I guess I just don't love it so much, I, I pursue Avett Brothers albums. If it shows up, because it's often in playlists because it's like other things I'd listen to. Yes. And I don't turn it off. I like it, but I am never after it. Yeah, you know good. who has a good documentary, though, is Kings of Leon. Yeah. Oh, I love that documentary because of the way it's shot. Like, they, they start the interviews, and the lead singer's got a bottle of something, whiskey, vodka. And as the interview goes, you see the bottle get drink <laughs> the the volume of liquor gets lower and lower and lower and then he starts getting real do you remember that part i don't 
I just remember them growing up in like the church and traveling around with their family, playing at different in different tents and, and major fights with his brother. Mm-hmm. Major fights. It's a good one. Yep. Even if you don't like Kings of Leon, that's it's a, good a really one. good one. It's like the Bee Gees one. Mike didn't like it that much. Nah. I thought it was fantastic. Still haven't seen it. Even if you didn't know the Bee Gees, because you learned so much about their impact on all music that you listen to. Period. There's a cool one on. Uh, it's on Hulu. I don't know what network it's on, but it's the Beatles, Eight Days a Week, and it's. Uh, Directed, I believe, by Ron Howard. Uh, and it's just the touring years of the Beatles, and it's just all footage of them touring. But you got you get to realize that that when they went to America, they were scared. They had no idea. They thought they were gonna fail coming to America because they had no idea what what it was like over here. And they came and they were the biggest thing in the world that when they got back, they're like, Well, we don't even know what's next. Like, like, do we just keep doing this or how do we keep being successful? And it's pretty crazy. Things that I never thought about the Beatles really get covered in this documentary. The only thing I think about when you tell that story is when they go back home to the UK. I hate flying so much now. I hate flying over water. It, back in the 60s, flying over water from the UK to America. <laughs> I've been peeing my pants every time. In an old airplane like that. Just- well, and that's the thing. When they flew to America for the first time, they just got on a plane with normal people. And so there's footage of them getting on saying hi to all the passengers. And they're like, wow, the Beatles are going to America for the first time. That's pretty cool. And they show up and all the passengers are getting out. And there's mobs of people. And the passengers are like, what is going on here? <laughs> so pretty cool footage that I've never seen in my life. Still being on an airplane in the 60s. <laughs> I don't like it right now. Uh, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, Too Short, and E-40 have formed a new supergroup called Mount Westmore. Their debut album is coming next month. They are set to release their debut album next month with more volumes coming in the future. Uh, Kanye West. The headline was he's worth six point six billion, but I'm seeing now, Mike, that may not be the case. No, they're saying he's worth a, a measly one point eight billion. One point eight. One point eight billion. Mm-hmm. Still pretty good. I think his the six point six story, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is based on what they what how he, much he can he make. Could be, yeah, yeah. It's like when an athlete signs a two hundred million dollar contract, but it's incentives. It's if he gets right. picked up for the last two years. It's that kind of thing. could be confusing. But again, $1.8 billion. Kanye West worth $1.8 billion. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Golly. Another documentary in the works on Britney Spears. I think there are a couple. I think Netflix is working on a little something, too. Is, that, are, is yeah. that this one? I think so. Yeah. The Aretha Franklin bio series debuts on Sunday on Nat Geo. Aretha, a celebration and recognition of her genius, is coming out. It's the moments where she created things that will last forever. I like Aretha Franklin. That seems cool. I don't know a lot about her, so that'd be cool to watch. Did you watch the Billie Eilish documentary, Mike? Yeah, on Apple Plus. You did. I see it up there, Mm -hmm. because I go to Apple Plus a decent amount. What'd you think? I thought it was actually pretty good. I don't know if you would like it, because you don't really like her music. Yeah. You don't? And and I'm not supposed to. I'm too old. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, if you do, great. But I'm I'm never going to hate on a music that's young and I don't understand it. Because the music I liked when I was 16... People that were 40 didn't understand it. I know my place. And my place is to go, that's really cool what she's doing. I don't get it. But I was not supposed to get it. It's not for me. So, I, bad guy. Did you see the clip about that sound? Yeah. So, this is that sound. So, this sound in bad guy. Bad guy. They used it to sample it. They took it off like an Australian walk sign. Like, when you press the button to walk across the street, this oh, is the sound that plays. Funny. Do you have the clip of the song? Yeah, and then this is it in the song. Duh. I hear it. What was that in the 
documentary? No, that was a. I just started researching <laughs> stuff after I watched it because I was like, it's, they're so crazy talented. Like, she never goes into a recording studio to record anything. Did that all in her bedroom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she goes in to record, but it's in her bedroom. She yeah. doesn't go into a studio. And her brother, Phineas. Does it all. Is, does it all. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, what'd you learn from this documentary? I didn't know she had Tourette's. She talks about it on the documentary. Like, she doesn't have verbal tics, but it's like her physical thing, like her hands. Oh, wow. I didn't know she had that. And then she doesn't know who Orlando Bloom is. There's a scene where she goes to Coachella and meets Katy Perry, and Orlando Bloom is with him. And she's like, who's that guy? They're like, it's Orlando Bloom. She's like, wait, bring him back. <laughs> oh, she doesn't recognize <laughs> she him, but know she knows who, who he is. She thought it was just a guy that she right. was dating. He's a pretty good looking guy. Yeah, you've met him. I met him, yeah. What else? And then, yeah, just the thing that they do all that stuff in the bedroom. Never, she doesn't, she doesn't even like writing songs. Like whenever she sits down to write a song, she's like, I hate doing this. I don't want to do it because she's so afraid of how people will react and what they'll say online. You give it what score? I give it four out of five bad guys. You liked it? Yeah. It's really interesting to see how young she is and that she's so inspired by people like Justin Bieber, who that's like her idol. And that's how she was like 14 when she was a fan of him. I'll tell you what's cool is that she never smiles that when she does, I get excited. Like, it, like I think the Grammys or whatever, she she never smiles. She's always got that face like, I'm in a bad mood, right? But in the Grammys, they had that setup where they can all watch the other bands while they were playing because it was kind of a circular thing. And she would smile when like Harry Styles was playing. I'm like, that makes me feel cool because whatever he's doing is making her move. You like Billie Eilish? Music? I do, I do. Yeah. Probably kids are playing it a lot? The kids play it, but I mean, I like the... I, I guess I kind of like her brother more than her because the, the beats that he makes and the music that he makes is really good. You like her? Yeah. Yeah. I like her music more now. After watching I that? I went back and listened to it. Like, this is awesome. What do you like better, the Taylor Swift documentary or the Billie Eilish? Oh, this one. <laughs> really? This one a lot better. Just because how famous she is now and it makes her really seem like she's just a normal kid who got famous. So I thought it was cool. There you go. Uh, Nico Moon coming up. Thank you guys for hanging out. If you don't mind, share this with your friends. And also, I'm going to promote two things about Mike D here. He's got Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. If you love movies, check it out. And also, he's on a quest to get 10,000 TikTok followers. Heck, so is Eddie. Yeah, yeah, I am. You guys, give your names out here because once they get 10,000, they've officially made it. Yes. Mike, how many How many are you away, Mike? I'm about halfway there. Okay, what is your name on TikTok? Mike Destro, D-E-E-S-T-R-O. Eddie? Man, it's a race. I'm about halfway there too, and it's produ at producer Eddie is my TikTok, same as all my other stuff. Okay. Uh, dude, this is going to be great. I, I can't. I, I want to beat him so bad. Are you guys right now <laughs> okay. beating? It's a race. I, I think I can beat you. <laughs> all right, Nico Moon, you're going to love this interview coming up. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. 
T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new, this shirt saves lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. All right, we're here with Nico Moon, which, by the way, before, when you came in, we were, we were talking about the Bluebird. Have you played the Bluebird? One time. Okay, what, what was that experience for you like? It was awesome. Uh, Bob DePiro asked me to play with him, and uh, we had probably written two or three times together at that point, and he's a big hero of mine, so him asking me was awesome. So, yeah, we sat down. And- Did you feel nervous playing with someone that you really admired? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I was more nervous about that than I was about playing the Bluebird. I don't know why, but the whole time leading up, I was really nervous, and then I started playing, and I wasn't nervous no more except for the fact that I had like Bob sitting across from me looking at me, and he's playing like all these like gigantic songs. You, know? you can pull those. You can don't worry about the headphones. Nico's got a cool hat, and I feel bad being like, hey, there's some headphones there, but uh, <laughs> I'll just tell you if you need to throw them back up. Okay. How about that? Um, so I've played the Bluebird a few times. The last time, though, was probably the most weirdly embarrassing because – so I do comedy music, right? And I'd probably played three or four times, and I'd get some friends together. Like I got John Party and my buddies that I know I can go out there and just do funny stuff. They're going to cover me with the real stuff, and we're going to have a good time. Well, so I was going out. We were about to record my latest comedy album, and I was like, I called the people at the Bluebird and said, hey, I want to come out. I just need to play some stuff for some people. I need to test it. Because with comedy stuff, yeah. you can write it, but unless it, and, and you may think it's funny, but until you get out there and you actually deliver punchlines, you don't know if it's going to work. And so she was like, great, come out. So I walk. And, they, and it wasn't in the round. I've only ever played in the round with my friends. Where then I feel secure. Because we're all sitting around. They got my back. I got theirs, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't have theirs. I suck. But they have my back. 
But you feel like you're in it together. Yeah, in it together. But this was when they had the little stage up and everyone's just watching the little stage. Mm. So I'm like, I have my guitar. And the guy goes up. And at the Bluebird, it's known for people just randomly showing up at times. It could be a big star playing there. Never know. You never know. And the guy walks up. And he's like, all right, everybody. Bunch, this is pre-pandemic. So everybody's just having a great time. It's a probably a Thursday night. He's like, we got a big surprise for you. And I'm like, oh, no, no, don't build me up. Don't build me up. And he's like, this guy here, you guys have heard stories about famous people coming to the... And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, don't do this, don't do this. <laughs> and he does this whole buildup. And he's like, and they got to be thinking, George Strait or Garth Brooks about to yeah. walk out. They got to be like, oh, we're, well, like, we're crossing our fingers. And he goes, Bobby Bones. And you heard like... <laughs> <laughs> it was like the opposite. And now I did go out and make them laugh. And they, were, they just thought they were about to have Alan Jackson come out and play. Oh, my God. And instead it was me. And then I'm out there playing dopey songs like, my name is Javi Lobby Bobby. And then it's like, <laughs> uh, so anyway. Yeah, I didn't do the walkout thing. We just kind of like, you know, did the sit in the middle yeah, thing. Yeah, that's what we, I did the other times. Yeah. But you are, people are right on top of you. They are. Like they're literally, she's like eating pancakes. Literally like, yeah. Eating pancakes six feet behind me. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, man, congratulations. Let me say this. This is a big time in your life. You hit number one. I know. As, a, as an artist. As an artist. Because you've been one as a writer, but now it's your face. And your voice. Yeah. And there's got to be a different kind of, man, this is freaking cool. It's now. a different feeling for sure. I was wondering if it would feel the same, and it don't. <laughs> because, well, because people also know, right? People yeah, know, they know now. that you're now number one. When, you, when we'll play some of the songs that you wrote, maybe they didn't know you wrote those, like the random mm-hmm. fan. So when I, I was tracking it because I like you, and I was tracking I was like, man, I hope this song hits. And then when I could tell it was going to hit, because there's a point where you know it's going to be the number one song. Yeah. What did you think when they're like, Nico, there's no way we're going to miss this. You're going to be number one. The, you know, my manager probably wanted to kill me last week because I was calling him like five times a day just asking. <laughs> and he was like, when I know, I'll tell you. I'm like, okay. So I just lay in bed all night. You know, I couldn't sleep the whole week. And then when he finally told me it was, it was the best feeling, I never have slept that good as the night after I found out. I slept like a baby all night long. It was like this relief. But also this unbelievable feeling that, I mean, the whole reason I went from being a songwriter to an artist is because I love people. I love connecting with people. And I wanted to do that directly on the only way an artist can, you know. Because as a songwriter, you're almost kind of doing it vicariously for another artist. Right. And to know that Good Time has connected to that degree with that many people is such a sweet feeling. It's this feeling of, of like, it means that all that hard work and, and, and all that time and everything and all that passion put into it was was worthwhile. It was meaningful because people took it and made it their own. And I've had so many people tell me, it's like, man, this this year has just like been more stress. I've had more stress this year to last me the rest of my life. And this has kind of been like a like a three minute and 30 second audible vacation I can go on <laughs> when I need to just kind of put that to the side for a minute. And that's that's awesome. I was saying on the radio, and at times me saying stuff like this gets me in trouble, especially in Nashville, but I think this is the first legitimate, I think this is the first song that I feel like is a number one that has fully earned that song number one since Luke Combs. Because what mm. happens here, and you don't have to comment on that you'll get in trouble, what happens here is <laughs> record labels start to trade out number ones. They start, they do, they're like, okay, well, okay, you, you got this week, and I'm going to take this week, and Luke Combs has a number one, and they just move him to number two, and they let everybody else jump him over. <laughs> Which in real life, if this were the pop world, Luke Combs would have just kicked everybody in the balls for eight weeks. Yeah, but for sure. Because Nashville's not like that, and they're all trading number ones. What I said on the air was, I think you're the first legitimate number one since Luke Combs. 
Not that those artists aren't fantastic and their songs aren't great, but I think they would probably capped out at number two, honestly, because Luke Combs was an unde- undeniable force, that last song of his. Yeah. But I feel like your song was the one that was going to, regardless of what was up there, your song was taking them down. And that means nothing. You don't get trophy. You don't, <laughs> you don't get a ribbon. But it's, it's just a freaking... That means a lot of you saying it. It's though. a freaking jam. That means and a lot I of you saying that. And I didn't always feel like that. When the first time I heard it, I was like, I wonder if this will work. Like, I liked right. it. But I was like, oh, it's so different. And this comes from someone who's also been treated as so different. I didn't so know if it would work either. Well, and people have treated me like I've been completely different. Where people would go, you know what? Like, we see what you're doing, but we don't know if it's going to be warmly received. Yeah. And when I, I, I'd seen you play a couple little showcases, especially before, like, you did the iHeart. You did the iHeart, like, um, Summit. Summit. Yeah. And I was like, there's something about... And I hadn't met you at all. I take that back. I didn't know I'd met you because you came in with Zach. Yeah, yeah Sir Roosevelt, yeah. Didn't know that but, it was But you. I didn't talk. You didn't so. talk, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, there's something about that guy where if it's hit at the right time, it's going to be massive. If it's hit at the wrong time, people are going to be like, I'm so confused. But dude, you hit at the right time and you're so good. Thank you. That it's so cool to see this song and like your total vibe win. Thanks. Like, win one for the little guy, man. That's awesome. You know, it means a lot you saying that because it took a lot for me to like stick to my guns. And there was numerous times throughout the making uh, the producing of my album that I thought, you know, should I do this? But my original thought when I decided I'm going to make my own album was to be true to myself. And for years I've been songwriting. And so, a lot of times I would make m- the songs that I wrote in my style and pitch them. And they never, ever got cut, much less, they never even really got put on hold. And I asked my publisher one day, I was like, how come when I do songs like this, like in this vibe, like they never, no one wants to cut them. He's like, man, it's just no one... No one does that vibe. He's like, you got to make it sound like... Like what, the vibe. Like, like the, the vibe, yeah, yeah right. you know? Or like what they do. Yeah. And you know, to be honest, that was really great advice. And I started doing that. And that's when a lot of cuts started happening for me. And that's when that seed of, you know what? I feel like what I'm doing is my thing, you know? And that's okay that like, they're not feeling it. It just means that it, sh- it should be me doing it. And then, but even I second doubted myself numerous times throughout the making of it where... For instance, like I, I put on like organic drums and stuff on the record and and lived with it for a couple of weeks. And I mean, I spent probably two months tracking or, organic drums on the album. And then I was like, no, nah, this it does sound like the radio, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it doesn't sound like me. And I, I can't go through all this and then feel like I'm not being myself. So I, I just scrapped two months worth of work. And then when I muted muted that, I was like, there it is. Like that sounds like honestly me, you know. It, the hardest thing to do is to be yourself when no one's like you. But the, the best reward is that when you win and you were yourself. Because everyone's trying to get in a lane here. But when you create your own lane, like you own that. There's nobody that has your sound right now. Now, that could have that hurt you. Cause like, and it did. It probably did for a bit. Where people like, you talked about writing songs like yeah. your sound. Where people are like, this is not what we do. Yeah. Nobody else does what you do. And you know what? You just won doing what you do. So now other people are going to start doing a little bit of what you do. I saw it with Sam. Sam comes to town. People are like, yeah. what the heck is... Like, yeah. They're like, what is this crap that Sam Hunt's doing? But he then was you, his own thing. His own thing completely. And then you saw other artists that were like, well, let me, let me stick yeah. my toe in that water. <laughs> yeah. So, so I commend you for I that. Remember because that. It's the hardest thing to do to be different and to, to stay pointed at the goal when other people are going, I don't know if that's it. Yeah, and it's tough. And I think a lot, maybe a lot of people out there may think that because we do our own thing, that there wasn't times of like doubt that you may question yourself. So only reason I say that is because I think that it's possible that maybe someone's listening right now who has a thing that they're doing. 
that's different. And they may be questioning themselves and, you know, wonder, like, the, the people who are in their own lane that are doing the thing right now, did they ever feel like that? And I want to know it's okay, you know, because I, I, I do. You know, I have, you know. But at the end of the day, stay true to yourself because that's the most important thing. People can feel that, I, I feel. You know, like, you can hear honesty in an artist. You can just hear it through the music if it's real or not, you know. And the worst thing, and I've been the victim of this, especially early in my career, was failing when you weren't even you to begin with. It's when you yeah. when you try to mold yourself after what you think people want and then you don't hit and you're like, man, if I was going to fail, I just would have rather failed at being me. Yeah, at least then, I should have been myself. Yeah, you're like, listen, if I was going to fail, I could at least try what I really feel. And so anyway, man, just like shout out and to if you. You're your, thanks, man. And yes. if you're yourself, then you're going to sound like nobody else because there's only one you, right? And, and so if you really just hone in deep onto that. And so I spent two months before I made my album just thinking about like, who am I? And I started going through all my influences from childhood, what my parents listened to that I kind of grew up on. And then what I started to get into, and I really took the time to think about that and put it in a pot and say, all right, now that's my life. What does that sound like when it's all put together? And you know what? That's, that's a, a great analogy, like a pot and what's your life? Because like where you grew up and listen, for me, I grew up, and I was the first generation that had freaking Napster and downloads and be influenced by things. I grew up in a small rural town in Arkansas where country music was dominant. However, I now got to go L, LL Cool J, uh, L, and, and yeah. every kind of music. So I also got to pick. It wasn't just what was at the store. It was what would connect to me. Yeah. So it was hip-hop. It was 90s grunge, especially for me. And it was also you know, a lot of country, but the same situation happened with you a bit, right? Like you're just Absolutely. surrounded by all kinds of different music. Yeah. I was growing up in the country about an hour outside of Atlanta. So I was literally 15 minutes from where Travis Tritt lives in Hiram, Georgia, and about 30 minutes from where Alan Jackson lives in Noonan, Georgia. And so those guys were massive influences to me. I mean, I remember I ran cross country in, in high school and in college. And I remember literally training along the Chattahoochee River, listening to Down on the Chattahoochee. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I'm I'm right next to Atlanta, the the you know the epicenter of hip hop music, you know. So I'm getting that influence of Outkast and and all of that. And yeah, alt music was a big thing. 99X, the big alt station in Atlanta, was playing all of that music. So you know, and to me, I've I've, I've always wanted to be open and receptive to. Anything that moves me, you know, if that's what music is there for, right? If it moves you, then it's valuable. It, it's meaningful. And you should like, you shouldn't like uh, say, oh, well, that's not what I would typically listen to. If you dig it, then you dig right. it. Right. And it's part of you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to play a little bit of Good Time with Shaggy here. Because, go ahead and hit that mic. We just trying to catch a good time. We catch a good time. Even if it takes all night. So, how did this come together? The song already had a lot of heat on it. So was it, hey, let's do this for fun, or did you think it would help a little bit? Like, what was the, the, the mindset with putting Shaggy on the record? So my label reached out and said, hey, we would love for there to be a remix on the song. And I was like, okay, let me think on that, you know, and who I think would, would be a great fit for it. And ironically enough, a couple of days after that, Shaggy reaches out and says, yo, I heard Good Time. Really? He heard it and called? He heard it and called and was like, this is cool. I really dig it, and I would love to do a remix on it and do my thing. And immediately I think to myself, reggae music is all about good vibes and having fun, and that's what Good Time's all about, you know? So this is perfect. And I wanted it to be someone that no one would expect. I didn't want to, like, go with some, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. You right. Know, he, he reached out to that person or whatever. I wanted it to be, like, so out of left field 
because I like doing that with people. You know, I just uh, it's my first remix I've ever done. I wanted it to just completely catch people by surprise, but at the same time, it worked and it makes sense. Did you meet him? We we hung out over Zoom. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But he's you know, he's he's far far away. He's in Jamaica. So <laughs> that guy, because I've met him a couple of times, he's always interesting because he talks to you like I'm talking. You know, he just talks, and then when it's like time to perform, it's like, no, this gigantic girl. Yeah. And you're like, dang, that's a whole different voice. I know. Like, he walks in the room, he's like, hey, man, good to meet you. And then he's like, all right, you ready? Yeah, three, two, one. Hey, this gigantic hero, come with that door. You're like, dang, man, like two different people. I noticed that. Yeah, but uh, I, I, uh, he came into the studio once, and then we worked together on American Idol where he was uh, performing with uh, some of the contestants I was working with. And great guy, like super nice. Super nice. Chill dude. Yeah. And when I was young, like, man, Angel. It wasn't me. I know. Universal. You, yeah, everybody. everybody. Like, he hit it all. Mr. Boombastic, even before that. Yep. Yeah. I <laughs> want to mention a few of the songs that you wrote before you hit Good Time as an Artist. Uh, with Zach Brown Band, Keep Me in Mind. Keep me in mind. That's a number one. Somewhere down the road, you might get lonely. Homegrown. I got some Loving You Easy. You loving you easy. Beautiful Drug. You're such a beautiful drug. Can't get enough. Addicted and I'm dying And yet a number one as a rock song, Heavy as the Head with Chris Cornell. Back to Life from Rascal Flatts peaked at number 17. And then out right now, Dirks' new single, Gone. Been gone. I heard this last night. You did? Uh, yeah, I heard it last night. It's starting, it's starting to pick up a little bit. Did, yeah. did, did you write this with him or outside of him and he heard it? I wrote it with uh, Nicole G- uh, Gallion yeah. and Ben Johnson. And so when it's first Dirks cut, right? Or, yeah. And what's funny is we wrote it like two years ago before, you know, COVID or anything. And it's it's... It's crazy how that works out because now it's like, you know, I've been going, I've been sitting on the couch, watching TV all day long. You ordered, that, you ordered that long ago, huh? Yeah. Did anybody else put it on hold? No. How does this song, and talk me through this, as a guy who has a lot of success as a writer, how does this song sit for that long and nobody pick it up and then all of a sudden one of the biggest artists in the format picks it up and goes, you know what, this is a freaking single. I wrote Good Time almost three years before I released it. Wow. So before I decided to... to do you know? Give it a go as an artist and pitched it. You pitched good time to. Other I people. pitched good time and then didn't even get put on hold by anybody, much less cut. It's a good story. Nobody wanted it. Did you always <laughs> keep it in your back pocket and go, all right? When I do my thing, I'm cutting this song. You know, at the time when I wrote it, uh, I was I was just 100 percent focused on songwriting, but I was really bummed because I believed in it and I knew in my heart that it was a big song and that it was important. You know. But uh, as soon as I started uh, making my album, uh, I brought it up to my wife and I said, all right, check this song. I wrote this song like two years ago, but it's gnawing at me. It's in the back of my head. And I feel like it just would be perfect for this album because it really is like my little heart in a song, you know. It's just a simple song, you know, about hanging out with, with friends and family and enjoying life, living life while we're here, right? Life is short. so And that's what I'm about. Like, I just want to make people happy with country music. And... Do it in just like a fun way. You know? How did you get in the Zach Brown camp? I got in the Zach Brown camp because I played a little bar at the University of West Georgia called The Mansion. And it, it wasn't a mansion. I don't know why they called it that. 
But this is before he he broke out with chicken fried. This is about a year before that. So he was a really big local Georgia thing, but that was it. So you knew him before. He I opened up for him. Nice. And he 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 sat at the back of the bar and watched me open up for him. And then after this it was probably for maybe two hundred people. And then after the show, we were just sitting at the bar hanging out with the bartenders, just having a couple of drinks and we got talking. He was like, Would you want to write sometime next week? And I was like, Sure. And that was pretty much it, you know, from then on out. We've written a little over 40 re- release songs together, and it's been a cool collaborative friendship. Does he call you when he's, okay, we're getting the team back together, start thinking about a new project? Is, are you one of the guys? Well, usually it, it's always been I would go out on the road with him because he doesn't like to ride at home because you know, he's got five kids. So his time to focus on riding is on the road, and he, he won't start till midnight after the show. So our my round schedule when I go out with him would be like midnight to 6 a.m. Dang. Yeah. So you're going to bed when the sun's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Which of those songs that you wrote with Zach were you like, dang, this one, like, this one could really do some damage? Like, you knew it was going to be good. Homegrown, for sure. Yeah. I just knew it was a gut feeling. It was a gut feeling. Which one of those big ones were you like, I don't know if this is going to be it? Then it ended up just crushing. I think Beautiful Drug, probably. You know, he he came to me and said, listen, I want to do a song that has a lot of electronic um, elements to it, you know, almost like. If a country guy was to do something with a tinge of a Avicii to it, what would that sound like, you know? Um, and so I wasn't sure at first, you know. I was like, I don't know, you know. But uh, I racked my head on it and 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 kind of grinded away on on how to bring those two worlds together in a way that I thought country listeners would 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 uh, dig. So I'll, it was definitely touch and go with that one. What was your sure. technical background in music then? Like, how did you learn to play music? What do you play? Because, again, if, yeah. if he's like, hey, we want to do something with a little bit of, of you know, electronic. Like, how, did, how did the crap do you do that? Man, I just, you know, I'm self-taught. Really? Yeah. My, well, my dad uh, plays guitar and plays drums, and my mom plays guitar. And as a kid, I was always interested in music because they were always writing songs. So I was really brought up in a musical household. But I first learned on drums. So that's why drums are such like a big part of my music. And I think really percussive when I think of melodies and, and the, with music structure. But uh, uh, he would always be at work and I would just sneak into his room and I kind of like figured out how to just kind of taught myself how to play on his guitar because the rule was not to touch the guitar. You know, it was, it was an important thing, a special thing. And you don't want, you know, to break the guitar on accident or something. But when he found out I'd been sneaking in his room, I thought that was it. I thought... I was going to get it, you know, but he actually thought it was pretty cool. I had the guts to sneak, sneak in there and like try to figure it out. So it all worked out in the end. How do you figure it out? For me, no musical ability, but I went to Walmart and I bought a chord sheet yeah. from that poster section. Mm-hmm. You know, those big flip tiles. Yeah. Boom, boom. And I bought it and I went to a pawn shop and I bought a guitar. Because again, I just wanted to do it on stage to play comedy. I wanted to play music during comedy shows. Yeah. And I would be like, all right, E. Dun, dun, dun. But I knew... Even though it hurt, I yeah. knew where to put those fingers for E. Yeah. When you're self-taught, what does that even mean? Because you didn't have a Walmart chord sheet. Well, in the sense of I didn't have like a person uh, in person teaching me. So what I do is I would just go online and just look up how to play, uh, look up the chords to songs that I like, you know. So I would look up, you know, friends in low places and then I would see the chords and then I would look up how to... How did you make that chord? Mm-hmm. And then so similar-ish. 
Except yeah. you're good self-taught. I'm bad self-taught. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say, Mike. I'm self-taught. Hey, guys, I'm a self-taught guitar player. And as far as production goes, YouTube. I taught myself how to do Pro Tools and how to produce music on YouTube. It's all there if people want to do it. It's all there. Yeah. People always ask me, it's like, oh, man, how do you get your tracks to sound the way that you do? You know, or how do you, how do, you do this? How do you do that? It's like, man, I learned everything on YouTube. Did you have to fight to keep the the in talking part of good time on the radio because like what do you say at the very end like oh, oh yeah. I think I got a oh, bite I, I got a bite that's it because usually they'll cut that stuff off at the end it but wasn't it, intentional yeah. it was um the last thing I'll do when I'm recording vocals is I'll do what's called ad lib tracks where I just kind of wing it you know and just kind of do little like like little sugar moments you know where I, in the background I'll just say oh yeah let's go you know or woo you know and for some reason it. On that take, I just at the very end, I went, "Oh, I think I got a bite," and then I started laughing, and uh, she started laughing too. And I was like, "I don't know, it's kind of works, you know. It's like there's something about it that I like, you know, even though it is kind of goofy. It, I don't know, it just it felt good at the same time. So how, I kept it. How long you guys been married? Five years. Nice. Yeah. Where'd you guys meet? At Facebook. Well, that's how you know it's five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because now they're... Well, I was going to say at a show, but technically it was Facebook. And then I invited her to a show because I was playing bars and clubs at the time, you know? So we, uh, I was playing this bar in Atlanta. She came out. She watched me play. I thought we were going to hang out after the show, you know? And she just came up and, like, congratulated me on the show. And then she's like, all right, well, call me sometime. And just left. <laughs> and I was like, what? Well, listen, you power played her by going, hey, come to my show while I get up on stage. And then she hits you right back with, you don't have the power. Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Yeah, she got me on that one. And so did, did you guys live in Nashville? Did you live in Nashville at the time? No, we were living Both in Atlanta. Both of you were in Atlanta. We've been here for, so we've, we, that was eight years ago. And so we knew each other for three years before we got married. And we've been here for four, almost five years. Does it feel like home yet? Yeah, it feels like home. It really does. It's interesting. When I go back home, it, it still feels like home, but I don't know. This feels like home, too. Does that make sense? When you it go does, home, do you feel that way? It does to me. This feels like home now because I actually have a couple real roots here. Mm. Like, I'm now engaged, so my fiance and my dog is here. Until about two years ago, even maybe less than that, it didn't. It just felt like a place where I was working. I had a, I had a nice house and yeah. had some had my, all my fr- I brought all my friends with me here, meaning when I moved here from Texas, my radio shows always just been my friends. No, I've never really brought in anybody from other radio shows. Mm. That's why people always thought we sucked, is because we don't sound like a real radio show. We're just but so I took all my friends with me. So that kind of felt homey because I brought them. That's awesome. But now it's like I have legitimate roots here. But when I go back to Arkansas, I still feel like, all right. This is home. This is home too, yeah. I also lived in Austin, Texas for 12 years, and nothing felt more home than Austin, Texas. So it's like all three places I kind of feel, you know how you go somewhere and it's like, you talk about how you slept really hard after went number one. You go somewhere, because I've been traveling a lot, you go somewhere and it's like the big weighted backpack is taken off your back. Like Nashville finally feels like that for me. Yeah, once you cross over that line, there's something to it. It's like, yeah, I can just kind of go and use my own soap, and like I feel good about the grocery store. Or even when you start getting like 30 minutes away, and just like the way that the land rolls and the way the trees look, you can tell that you're closed, you know? Yeah. And that that kind of feeling washes over. Even the mile markers on the signs, you're starting to go like, all right, feeling pretty good. (laughs) Almost there. Your first concert was? Amy Grant. How old? I was like five or six. Do you remember it? Barely. Just Barely. But I knew I knew I was there. <laughs> Who took you to Amy Grant? 
My parents did. Were they Amy Grant fans? My mom is. Yeah? Yeah. That's a fun concert, if you remember it, but a safe concert, right? If you were going to take safe. a five-year-old to it, that's the one to take a five-year-old Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't got to worry about nothing crazy going down. They're not going to have past your kid anything to smoke. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're not going to yell the F word. No girl's going to be lifting up her shirt on the front row. <laughs> that's a good one. How many tattoos do you have? Uh, he doesn't even know. Mike, he doesn't even know. <laughs> he doesn't know. That's I how you know he's got a lot. Well, it's funny because it's like they start running into each other, so then you start thinking, is that six or is that one now? <laughs> yeah, over ten? Yeah, for sure. A lot? Yeah. Well, your first tattoo is a tree? Yeah, yeah, I got a, I got a, well, it starts kind of here. It's like a red pine tree. And what's, well, what's the tree about? Is it, you know, we're coming from Georgia, pine trees are just everywhere, so it makes me think of home. So home is very important to you? For sure, yeah. My, yeah. Mom, my mom lives there. But my dad recently just moved to Portugal, though, so he's no longer in Georgia. Wow. Yeah. Have you been over there? I haven't yet. He just moved there. He retired uh, over in Portugal. Do you know Portuguese at all? No, I'm over trying. We're trying to do a little learning with it. You We're a, taking like uh, one of those uh, uh, app, like language apps. Yeah, We're man, that, to, that would be cool. Yeah, if I'm excited. Go, if you could go somewhere that's so foreign like that, but also have a safe place like your dad's house. Yeah. Because anytime I go anywhere foreign, I'm in a hotel, I'm like, I'm for sure going to get robbed. I'd say I'm paranoid anyway. Like, for sure. I've watched Taken too many times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm walking out of the airport. They're tracking me back. For sure, I'm, I'm yeah. getting robbed. But I that, get paranoid about that when I'm, like, in a city, and I don't want to look at my phone too much to see, like, where I'm going, you know? I don't want to be that tourist with the map out, like, you know, because you're just, like, a dead giveaway to get mugged. Are you wearing two watches? No, one bracelet. No, 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 just watch. a bracelet. Yeah. What, did you do anything to celebrate good times? Did you get your anything nice? <sighs> you know what? I... I, I went and got myself a pair of custom Lucases. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, and I, I took my wife, I got her a pair because we wrote Good Time together. Wait a minute. You wrote that with him? Come up to the microphone for a second. <laughs> I didn't know that. I saw your, I saw the name, all the names of the writers. That's on me for not look, not Google imaging them. Right. Mike, can you hear her? Yeah. So, you wrote Good Time two years. And that, by the way, four, four writers on Good Time? Yeah. Two of them were you two. Mm-hmm. But you get half the check. <laughs> so, when you wrote this, I mean, do you write a lot? Yeah, we actually write all of his songs. Every together. song on the album. Hold on a minute. Did you know this? <laughs> I didn't know that. It's low. This is mood family business. <laughs> so, okay, tell. I met you before you came in, but tell our listeners your name. Anna. Anna Moon. Okay. Is Moon your real last name? So I changed my name about 12 years ago. So it is now your real last name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Bones isn't my real last name. But, yeah, it's but, on my license and everything. It's my, my name. It worked out for me, though, because now I get a cool last, a really <laughs> yeah. last name. <laughs> so your name's Anna Moon. Yeah, Anna Moon. So you meet this guy. Are you like, hey, I also do music? How, long, how early on did you tell him that? Yeah, I mean, that was one of the initial things that attracted us to each other is our love of songwriting. And we actually both, speaking of tattoos, have a ink and quill tattoo because that's kind of the premise under which we met. Yeah. Um, so writing has always been a big part of our relationship and, and something that we've always enjoyed doing together. Do you ever get tired of writing together, though? I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to go write with Jim <laughs> and Troy. You know? No. She's my favorite person to write with. Our only rule is no writing before I have my morning coffee. Because sometimes he'll wake up with, like, all these ideas that he's had, like, during his sleep or something. And I'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me drink some coffee, then we'll get into it. My most creative <laughs> moment is, like, the first 10 minutes after I wake up. I don't know why. I wake up, I grab my phone, and I just start writing lyrics. But I can't. I can't tell them to her <laughs> for about 30 minutes. <laughs> so I'm even, just waiting for her to get her coffee. This is yeah. even more exciting than I initially thought. I was just like, how exciting for you? But how exciting for you two? Yeah. yeah We've been able to celebrate it together. That's this all. is my first number one as a songwriter. So 
it's been a been a really exciting week at the Moon House for sure. Man, that's a that's really amazing. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm extremely pumped more than it's I was awesome. to begin with. Because <laughs> when I come home, it's like we're able to jump up and down together, and it's, it's something that we did. Were you as nervous yeah. as it was climbing the chart? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's because it's also my my, my first song at radio as a writer, but I, there was definitely a lot tied up in it, and just you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely just as nervous. I'm super proud of her because now, like, everybody gets to find out how amazing of a songwriter she is. I mean, that's that's the main thing that really impressed me about her when we first met was, you know, uh, we were hanging out the first time around a guitar, and I said, just play me some stuff that you wrote because I knew she was an artist. And, I mean, I was just floored, you know. I mean, blows me away at singing, ridiculous songwriter. And, and so we've always had that mutual respect with each other. And now, like feel like everyone's going to get to find out about that. You know what's cool, too, is that she was just sitting back there. She wasn't like, notice me. I re-. Yeah. But you also, like, wanted to say, hey, look, she did this, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. you guys are both, like, working against <laughs> each other, but in the best way and, like, the most in the healthiest way possible. He's my he's my number one fan, and I'm his, for sure. Hey. We, we see it as a as a little family family hustle, I guess you could say, so... We're we're definitely in it for each other. Are you writing all the time? Are you a full time songwriter in town? Only for him, pretty much. So you, <laughs> he's you, got me to himself. You only write with him. <laughs> yeah, for now. I mean, it keeps me. It, we're so busy doing that, and and right now we're actually working on some some new new music for him, and so we're we're constantly busy. We have written a few times with some other artists, right? Yeah. 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 But I mean, it's so much fun writing for the person that you love the most in the world, and obviously we know each other so well, so. It's just fun. It's easy, and and it's something that we just love doing together. And it's not typical. Like we don't sit down at eleven and have our writing session from eleven to five. We just write throughout the day. You know, we'll be laying in bed, and I'll be like, "What if it was a song called this?" And (laughs) it kind of went like this, and she'd be like, "Hmm, "Okay, you know." And she'll kind of be walking around humming while she's you know doing this or doing that, and the song will get written over the span of like a week or so. You know, Do do you have a publishing deal? Um, yeah, I own my own all my publishing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> She's yeah. the number one and you own all admin, your publishing. Yeah, yeah. She has admin with Warner Chapel. With Warner Chapel. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. She's so, gonna be making more money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that out loud. <laughs> you gotta pay a public. You, you yeah, got bringing home the bacon. Man. They gotta get yours back first. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you open now to signing a publishing deal? Because now you got all the uh, you have a leverage like crazy. I'm pretty good at the moment. I think yeah. I'm going to keep my eggs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> keep the eggs in the basket. <laughs> I do know what you're saying. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank uh, would you. you. Are you going to sing? Um, that- I don't know. I mean, right now I'm really enjoying the songwriting uh, path and, and seeing what happens. And, and things are going so well with um, the Nico Moon Project, as we call it. And, and, and I'm just pu- so pumped about that. And I'm 100% on board for, you know, just making sure that we have the best songs Um for him and and all about that right now. One day we will do a song. Yeah, we will do a song. But again. we're just waiting for the right time and the right song. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have kids? No, nope. not yet. Okay, not, not yet. Not yet. Not yeah, yet. Yeah. Okay. Working on it. <laughs> Which again, parents, if, if you're parents and you're writing, you got more stuff to write about. I'm just saying, let's get yeah. a few, four or five of those out. And get some good life stories. Yeah. Write write some songs about <laughs> all those kids. Yeah, brothers and sisters. Only child. Really? Yeah. So my mom got sick right after I was born. She had to have a, a hysterectomy, so that was it. Only what about child. you? I have one brother. Yeah, I have, I have one sister. Brother. Yeah, yeah. You guys want a bunch of kids? You want one, two, three? Do you care? Are you talking yet? One yeah. to two. Yeah, I think one to two. One to two. I think one to two. We're going to start with one, see how it goes. <laughs> 
I don't, we don't have any kids yet, but we, we're talking about, I'm 40 years old and I have no kids. So we're like, all right, we're going to do this. We got to go. I don't want to be Papa, you know, <laughs> squirting out kids, but I won't be able to wrestle with them. Yeah. I would just like, I'm good at two. Yeah. But she's like, I want three. Cause she comes from three and I come oh. from So two. you're going to have three. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that's probably what it's going to be. We you talked know? about it. We decided to do what she wants. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to have twins and then call it a day. Yeah. That to me, that's like the ideal, right? <laughs> yeah. Just have twins. We got it all. But she's like, but you're not the one carrying twins. Right. right. She's like, do you know how fat I'm going to get with <laughs> twins? And I'm like, it don't matter to me. Let's have them. Let's do it. Sounds like a personal problem. How many How many hats do you own like that? Uh, Probably 10 or 11. Are they as expensive as nice cowboy hats? Yeah. Because it looks like thick quality, like substance. In yeah, they're hats. hard. Yeah. When did you decide that was going to be your thing? Uh, years and years ago, I just, I've always, I've always loved like really well-made hats and this is called a cattleman hat and I've always just liked the, 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 uh, the crown style of it and the brim style, the pencil roll, you know, so it's just something I've always been into and, uh, whenever I find a good one, I just snag it. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good look. I could never pull off something like that. Like even when I wear a chain, I look like a dope and he's over here wearing watches and bracelets and I'm like, man, I wish I could do that. <laughs> no, man, there's a hat for every, I'm a firm believer of this. When everybody tells me, man, I don't know, man, I just don't look good in a hat because my dad's told me that for a long time. And I'm like, no, let's go to the hat store. I'm telling you, we get, we'll find the right hat for you. You just got to find the right one for you. You know, because he would like put mine on and laugh and say that it didn't work. And you know, it didn't, you know. And then we went to, uh, I think it was Goran Brothers hat shop. And then he found this hat that just works for him. And now that he wears it every day. The only one that worked for me is I had to wear a nun hat. Okay. <laughs> it's the only thing that fit my big Maybe head. Maybe like that yeah. Abraham Lincoln hat. Yeah, the, top, the uh, <laughs> yeah. stove top hat. Are you still writing songs to pitch out to folks? Yeah. Or are you full Nico Moon Project? No, I'm still writing. I actually got a song coming out real, real soon with a big artist. That It'll be my first cut with him. But so. don't tell me on the microphone. You can tell yeah, me off. I, I won't say anything. Okay, don't tell okay. me on the microphone. Yeah, yeah, I can't say yet. Uh, you got the next single for you yet? Yep. Are you? Can you say that? I can't. What's it rhyme with? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Is it, does it already exist? Uh, I mean, is it out? Is it able to be streamed right now? Um, maybe. Okay, Mikey. <laughs> he's not budging I'm over gonna here. I'm going to play this song. Hey, I don't hear anything. <laughs> I don't hear anything over there. Well, man, I'm pumped for you. You come Thank around, you. I tell you, you're like a light in the room. You uh-huh. just you, you show up. You got a big smile on your face. People are drawn to you. And it's it's a rare quality that you can't just produce. It, it's a quality that you have to own, and you, you do have that. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Man, I got so much to be happy about it, you know? I mean, I can't help but smile. Life, life is such a blessing right now. I feel so much gratitude. I mean, you know how it is. There are literally thousands of artists and songwriters here working their tail off that are so talented, so good, and such a few amount of us get the opportunity and get the platform to like hang out and talk like this and get on the radio. So to be one of those very few new artists that gets like the chance to like get that shot, it's unbelievable, man. Living a dream. You're like everybody today. I get I went and got the vaccine today. And they, nice. were, they were so pumped like you are. Everybody there. You walk in, they're like, what's up, baby? Like <laughs> yeah. the workers. They're like, living the dream. It's the happiest place in the yeah. world. And that's where we had to get a vaccine so we don't die. You're just like that every day. Man, yeah. you know what? I feel like when live shows come back, I don't know. I think the 20s are going to be like the war in 20s. Like the, the, the thirst for living life is going to be so high. It's almost like when you get something taken away, like you realize just how important it is to you. And like us being kind of cooped up as long as we have, I think that thirst to, 
get back to just enjoying life, enjoying being around people, sharing sharing time with the people that we care about, the people that we love, the simple things like just like a, a cold beer and a and a live concert. Those things like that are going to, I think, really be really important to people. And I think shows are just going to be <laughs> crazy for crazy everyone. fun for artists. Every, oh, for everybody, people in the yeah. I think it's gonna yeah, be just the whole too. experience is going to be beautiful. Well, let me say this is a real treat for me, um, for both of you. I would have brought you on earlier. <laughs> when, you, when you walked in and we met, I was like, okay, cool. Uh, nice to meet you. All right, let's sit down, do the interview. Yeah. Who knew you were the star of the whole show? <laughs> I wouldn't say that, yeah. but I appreciate it. How far, it. man? Yeah. Hey, anybody out there, I imagine, marry up. It's, it's yeah, the way to go. I, I'll also agree with that. I did, I did the same thing. All right, uh, by the way, I'll mention this because I saw in an article that someone had written about you. Uh, the guy on my show, who's like one of the, the side guys, Lunchbox. Yeah, Lunchbox. Yeah, he... he uh, was just like under pressure to create a character's name one day and you had just left the studio. And so when he, now he has this character called... Oh, the first called, time? Yeah. Now he has this character called Nico Jackson that calls and makes <laughs> Frank... Because he couldn't think of a name. That's goes, a good name. He goes, Nico Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> so you are the inspiration to I one, like that one name. of our That's show a good characters. Name. All right, you guys, uh, check out Nico's music. He's got an EP out right now. It's called Good Time. It's got uh, five songs on it. Um, did you write the song that we played the clip of you couldn't hear without your ears? Did you, were you on that one too? I don't know what that song is, but I'm just saying you wrote that one too? Mm-hmm. Dang, what's it like to have rich friends? I need some of these. I need some of my friends. <laughs> All right. Uh, follow at Nico Moon on Instagram and TikTok. Good to see you guys. Good to see you too, and brother. that's it. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. 